You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Well, greetings again from Sprott Money News. It's another Friday, Friday, January 27th. That means it's time for the Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com Weekly Wrap-Up. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and joining us as usual this morning is Eric Sprott himself. Eric, good morning. Hey, Craig. Uh, happy to be here again. Interesting kind of week. Uh, let's have at it. Well, let's just dive right into the news of the day, I guess. Uh, many are expecting a rebound in the U.S. economy and how that might impact interest rates. But yet we got some news this morning that the first guest of guess of U.S. GDP for the fourth quarter came in under 2%. They're expecting 2.2 and they got 1.9. What do you make of that? Well, it's a continuation of the same old thing. Not that I believe the GDP numbers anyway. And, of course, always the most important or the biggest element of GDP now is health care. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we know that everyone is healthy all the time, but their health care costs keep going up. So it's the most non-productive GDP thing ever. Uh, plus, a lot of times it's just excess government spending, which also goes into GDP. So, you know, we're seeing housing weakening. We're going to see auto sales weakening because of the interest rates going up here, because they're so interest rate uh, affected. We see the store sales have been weak. You know, the shopping center uh, attendance is weak. So there's every reason in the world to believe that the middle class is suffering from lack of wage growth, and yet inflation's way higher than anyone says it is. So it's the same old thing. I've never expected the economy to be strong. Uh, You know, we never hit this escape velocity that we've been talking about for the last 15 years, uh, and we're not going to hit that escape velocity. Uh, There is no recovery. Uh, the interest rate uh, down to zero has sort of covered up what would have been a disaster had rates stayed at the normal rate. I mean, our GDP would have been uh, shown as declining all the time. So they held it together, but just held it together. That's about it. Uh, and now if rates start moving up, uh, there's going to be a price to pay for that in terms of housing and autos and anything interest rate related. So it's just more of the same. Uh, there's not, not really any great recovery going on. That sets the table for next week where we actually have uh, down here in the States the first FOMC meeting since December where in December, you know, we got the rate hike for the first time in a year and talk of three or four rate hikes in 2017. No one's really expecting one next week, but nonetheless, whatever headlines they put out following the meeting will be read very closely. Do you expect any surprises there? Uh, No, I don't suspect a, a rate increase for sure. Uh, the wording that comes out is so uh, politically motivated. You know, it's all market motivated to try to create some tension in the market. And always the tension always is that we stand, you know, ready to raise rates uh, should whatever happen, uh, even though, they, you know, when you think back, what do we have two rate increases in 15 years? Uh, and they're all de minimis rate increases. And, of course, the market's already priced it in anyway. So... I don't really think there's much they can say uh, from your perspective, my perspective, and other investors' perspective. We have to look at the data outside of the Fed and just say, well, you know, is there any logic to any of this? And and I suspect that there is no logic to uh, raising rates unless we see some kind of inflation. But if it's because of inflation, I don't think the Fed's going to want to raise rates anyway. In other words, if we're into stagflation, that would be the worst thing that would ever happen, that costs now really start going up. And we have no growth anyway. So, and that's possible with, uh, you know, trade wars, for example, can cause cost of goods to go. I was reading today that, you know, what was it? Uh, they're thinking of putting a 20% border tax on Mexico. Well, that's fine. But now all of a sudden, 
all the fruits and vegetables and whatever that are things coming up from Mexico cost 20% more. So you get inflation and, and maybe there's a reciprocation somewhere else. And, you know, Mexico says, well, we're not going to take any of your U S made cars anymore or something like that. So it's, it's all not good. And it would cause prices to, to escalate. So I'm not expecting anything big from the fed next week. And I don't think the market is either. And in terms of trade wars, that's something that the world hasn't dealt with really for a long time. Trade wars and tariffs, I mean, you're talking about Mexico in one, and wait till Donald Trump turns his sights on the Chinese. I mean, what the heck? How do we plan for something like that in 2017? Well, it's scary, to be honest. I mean, when I think of uh, what Tillerson said about the South China Sea Islands, uh, you know, we're going to have to keep the Chinese from... uh, having sovereignty over them. And I thought, what does that mean? It almost sounds military. And then the, the tit for tat going on over Mexico with the NAFTA. And then we're not going to have a meeting. And I, I don't want to, I don't even want you to come up here and talk to me. And like, it's just, it's uh, like there's very uh, inflammatory kind of comments going back and forth here. And uh, it's just, it's, I would regard if I'm a, I'm not long stocks, but I'm only long gold, silver stocks, source. But I, I mean, if I was long stocks, I'd be wondering well, what is going to happen here because everything is so inflammatory here, and it doesn't matter who it is, whether it's even you know Germany and the U.S. and and all of Europe and the U.S. or the Middle East and the U.S. Um, we're we're not making a lot of progress here if if it's going to be Ameri- only only America first. That could cause some problems down the line. Well, and you mentioned the stock market, and there's this, uh, what I call the generally accepted narrative for 2017, which kind of focuses upon higher interest rates and a rising dollar. There's not a lot of historical precedent for that, and it has often failed when it has played out in the past under Reagan or under Clinton. Uh, What do you make of that? Is that even a possibility for this year that you'd see both higher interest rates and a rising dollar at the same time? Well, of course, higher interest rates can cause the dollar to rise because it makes the currency, it gives it a better return. Uh, I think the, probably the more appropriate question is, you know, are we going to have higher interest rates? And yes, I mean, that's the talk emanating out of the Federal Reserve, but talk is one thing and the walking is, a, is another. And with the kind of GDP numbers we have, I think as we see uh, results of the higher rates in the market already impacting housing, and car sales in the future, I think that rhetoric is going to calm down somewhat. I, I wouldn't rule out higher rates just because of inflation. You tend to see that, that the investors are just turning their backs on bonds. And, of course, some of those investors, by the way, are countries, whether it's Russia, China. Maybe the EU gets upset with with uh, the U.S. and stops buying the bonds as well. So that could you could see rates going up that has nothing to do with the economy or inflation. It's mm-hmm. just... People saying, well, if, you, if it's America first, here, you take your bonds. Uh, we don't want them anymore. Yeah. So there's, that, that could happen as well. Uh, I think in any environment that we look at, the thing that's always critical is, you know, how is the banking industry holding together? How are these uh, governments going to fund their deficits and their unfunded obligations, all of which, you know, are basically impossible to deal with. They're like, they're just impossible to deal with mathematically. Mm-hmm. So we're going down a path where we're going to see more and more evidence of uh, governments, whether it's cities, states, uh, the federal government, repudiating their obligations or, or, or private uh, pension funds, funds repudiating 
their obligations. And that's not going to uh, work well in the economy when large swaths of people finally figure out they're not going to get what they thought they were going to get. Yep, and in the face of that, this week here uh, in gold and silver, we've had a tough week. We've had prices going down, but that was predictable as monsoon season, I guess, with the uh, with the options expiration on the COMEX of the February contract, and now the February contract goes off the board next week. I mean, we always seem to see this every single time this happens. What do you make of price as we uh, go now toward the end of this month into February well, with China closed next week and, and some of the other things going on, what do you what do you think of gold sure. and silver here? Well, of course, I, I'm always predisposed to liking them. I would say the one the factor I'm looking at, and of course, you're right, Craig. I mean, this uh, the regular monthly movement because options expire. It's, it's sickening in a way, and uh, I, I thought maybe they had, had taken a little time off here as we went in the year end and the price went up. Even though the I thought the physicalness of gold was not particularly strong but the the price went up i thought maybe they'd give us a break here for a while but i guess we got to go through that options expiry thank god it's on monday and maybe we can see some good action as the the week unfolds next week but the thing that i find most interesting and that i'm starting to follow closely on a day-to-day basis is the increase in um, interest in the, the largest chinese uh, gold etf and um there was, in fact, in, in the last reported day, there was some incredible, it, it went up by about $46 million in one day, $46 million, which is almost a ton and a half of gold. And, in fact, that was an increase of uh, about 4% in their asset value in one day. One day. Mm-hmm. And I'm just imagining if the, if the Chinese citizens who were flocking to Bitcoin and then they got put out by the pe- people's China decide they want to go to gold, and that's sort of what the thesis was, right? That the Chinese seem to be wanting to go to gold. They're not turned on by bonds. They're not turned on by stocks. They have to find, you know, an asset where where they feel comfortable. And this money that's moving into this fund, it's called the UN Yifu Gold ETF. Uh, if it carries on like this, now of course we have to go through Chinese New Year, so we won't get any action for a while. But it, it looks like. Uh, there's a big development here where gold could be a very key item in China. And, of course, you imagine the Chinese sitting there looking at a trade war with the Americans. That can't be good for the currency. Right. <laughs> and their currency has already been weak enough. So how do you protect yourself? Right? You can't get the money out of the country. You, you don't want to go into Bitcoin. You don't like stocks. You don't like bonds. Like, where do you turn now? You know, at $50 million or $46 million a day, that's a lot of money in a 250-day trading year. So that will be very interesting to watch and something that uh, that I'll report on uh, when we start getting new data post-New Year's. Yeah, I think you're right. That could be just the tip of the iceberg, too, with everybody making a move to get out of the yuan, uh, you know, expecting some type of devaluation this year. And and pretty well all every other currency in the world. I mean, I haven't even dealt with the European ETS, but they've been strong too. Mm-hmm. I'm just the reason I focus on the Chinese one is it can be so volatile so fast. I mean, to think that you know you might wake up and find out like 500 million went in in one week, that kind of thing, because they tend to swarm into something. So, but the the uh, European ETFs have done very well as well in terms of adding physical gold. That that's the one big change that's happened so far this year in the physical market, that the ETFs in Europe and China have been picking up a, a lot of new uh, investments. 
Well, I guess we'll lay down the marker for next week. It's going to be a very uh, interesting week with the FOMC, and then we get the January jobs report by the time we speak next Friday. And as we go to as we go to wrap this up, both gold and silver are perched right at important technical support of their fifty day moving averages. So it'll be interesting to see where we are by next Friday. Yeah. Well, uh, I would say that uh, the world's interest in gold is still there. We see that. Okay. And I think ultimately it will carry the day. So we'll look forward to chatting next Friday. Should be a lot of fun. It'll be a very interesting week. Until then, Eric, we'll give you the rest of this week off. And we look forward to speaking with everybody else next Friday from all of us here at Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com. Thank you for listening. Have a great weekend. 